Christmas is always an album slump of some kind. Yeah, but that's good because 2019 was a good year. Yeah, that's an- another another busy year for us. It was another fucking banger, and that's why we're here to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to our decidedly late, uh, because dental emergencies suck, uh... 2019 Albums of the Year by myself, I'm Polly, and we're here with my good pal, Taylor. Hey there. And we, we do this at the end of every year. We, we get we get together and we talk about our, our 10 favorite albums. It's, it's no longer 2019. Yeah. Which is, the- everybody thought was good, but now we're we're going to war with Iran, so whoops. Yep. We what had, a year it's what a lit- year it's been, right? What a year. It's January 3rd. <laughs> it's January 3rd, women. <laughs> Oh, we've already fucked it up. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good thing that we're here to give everybody so- loads of new music to listen to that they probably yeah. haven't checked out because they're obviously not as cultured as we are when it comes to yeah. this. We or are not as are not as obsessed one no. way or the other. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think we're superior in that regard. <laughs> well, <laughs> which totally. Is, which is really funny, considering the Twitter thing that I just recently went on. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, that that's the deal. It's going to be me and Taylor here. We're going to give you five albums this episode and five albums tomorrow uh, for you to check out that, that, that will comprise our top ten lists of the year. Uh, Taylor, do you remember how we, 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 what order we went in last year? Was it me first or you first last year? So I think we're just going to go ahead and jump into it and we'll talk about honorable mentions and stuff later. Let's see. Uh, you went, you came last last year, which means that I went first. So you get to go first this time. All right. So I'm going to be the one kicking things off. Got a hot number 10 album for you. This comes from... A group that has been eligible for this list three times, and they finally, they finally made it. <laughs> the 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 first time, uh, the first time they were eligible, I could not pick because they literally released three albums in three months, and it was oh, like, Jesus. it's like I I don't know how, like I like all three of them, I can't pick. Uh, and then the next year, uh, the album they put out was... It just missed. It just missed. It, it wasn't quite top ten material. But I am proud and happy to announce that Brockhampton has finally made the poly list uh, at the end of the year with their brand new album, Ginger. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it took them three, <laughs> took them three, three <laughs> times being eligible, uh, but they did it. Uh, but Ginger is basically sad boy rap anthems of 2019. If I, <laughs> if, if I, oh, boy. If I had to describe it. Uh, but there's still a lot of that, like, oddball production and vocal processing and just really dorky swagger that they have where they're really just a bunch of dorks. Uh uh, but this one comes from a, a, a little bit of a sad place, uh, as did the previous album, um, because they were kind of like in the middle of uh, losing one of their members because he was an abusive fuckhead. Um, and, and he had also set up another member of the group to be robbed. Uh, so oh. that's real fucking awkward. Um, what is this, the fucking 90s? <laughs> I know, right? Like shit that <laughs> actually fucking happened. Um, and, and, and history is doomed to repeat itself as it did with Brockhampton. But, um, but with uh, Ginger, I feel like they really kind of captured the range of emotions and production styles that that group 
is really uh, capable of and created, I think, besides maybe the Saturation albums, mm-hmm. um, I think this is their most cohesive and accessible work. Um, and I just think that it's a really great album. So congratulations to Brock Hampton. You made it. You're number 10. And the song that I chose is the opener for the album, No Halo, uh, which is just a really good song. I just like it a lot. That's going to be the case with a lot of the tracks I pick. It's just like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I realized that in, in years that we've been doing this, trying to justify the reason you picked the song. It's just like, well, it's because I like it. Um, I, I usually go with, uh, the song I like the best, and if it's an album I think we might both have on, I will have a reserved song yeah, in case yeah. one, in case you come first and steal it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a few of those this year. I think there may be yeah. a little bit of overlap. I'm not sure. I didn't look at your... Because I'm already in possession of your files, so yeah. I don't know. I didn't look. I've had I've that... Kept, <laughs> I've kept my... I've kept my uh, I've basically been pretty tight-lipped. Suffice to say that you might be shocked at some inclusions and shocked even more at some disses. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's going to come up when we hit the uh, the, the exclusions slash uh, honorable mentions portion, where it'd be like, wow, can't believe that didn't make it. Uh, but yeah, No Halo uh, from Brockhampton's Ginger is what I chose. <laughs> uh, it's got like a fun little guitar, uh, like an acoustic uh uh, little ditty that kind of plays throughout the song and it's just like mm. and, and it sets the, the 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 overall tone for the album it's very melancholy but it's also got a bit of that dorky swagger with some brags here and there uh, but overall i just kind of like the the, the the flow of the song and just the, the overall feeling and how it kind of represents the album as a whole so that is my number 10 brockhampton's ginger and here's no halo Trying to get that call up in your head again, Montana Lana. Maybe I should just go mosey my ass over to your house. What about the side of you up on the castle? Cozy, lowly, lit like rosy chicks. So you so cozy with somebody else. Get nervous, my stomach churning, burning. I'm be ready to knock some teeth out of his ass. Late night corner, we pass. Lake that switch, you get red. Used to skip out round that band. We don't go there no more. We don't see sun no more. Baby, wanna bed the whole apartment like the FBI. Taking everything from pies and pans and fans and golden eye. Everything except the dog. Everything in the draws Used to be so perfect but it's never getting solved I'm Never had no halo Chippy, I can barely hike it out of bed Time bomb under it Persuading you to hop in Mmm, options Running out of options Mmm, options Used to have options Mmm, options Running out of options Mmm, options Used to have options
to hip-hop artists in the future use more real guitars in your stuff yeah it actually works really well i say this because in the car yesterday uh, a song i had forgotten about called nobody can by deltron 3030 came Mm. on i'm like oh hey that's actually got a funky little guitar riff there doesn't it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i find that acoustic guitar can work really well in hip-hop of course we're gonna just kind of forget about that everlast album from the 90s though yeah, you see, I was I was thinking more of Old Town Road. Which, yeah, hey, Old Town Road. Yeah, not necessarily my thing, but it blew the fucking world up last year, so it's definitely something a lot of people liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder if that brought if the Brockhampton track comes from that, or if that's something that they were kind of already doing. But they're already eclectic as it is, so it wouldn't surprise me if that's just kind of something that they've already been on. But what about your number ten, Taylor? You got one Moving- for us, I'm sure. Moving from the eclectic to the completely brain dead, uh, my number 10 is an album called Absolute Power by Wraith. Not heard this one. Wraith is a... Let me look up where they're from because I always like to place my bands. Mm -hmm. They describe themselves as a blackened thrash metal band. I call them crossover thrash. Mm. Like Amoebics, Dystopia, DRI, that kind of vibe. Oh, okay, I get you. So the album is about 28 minutes long. It ends with a cover of Death Comes Ripping by the Misfits. Good. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of, it's a no breaks, nonstop punk metal kind of thing. And the vocals aren't too uh, stereotypically cookie monster or actually kind of legible at times. Oh, 
Nice. You so know that yeah. you're deal breaker for me usually. <laughs> yeah, it, incidentally, that's why Gate Creeper didn't make it because I decided that I can't stand Gate Creeper's lyricist. <laughs> oh, oh. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh yay, yay, crunchy HM2 guitar tones. Oh, generic death metal singing. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Can only yeah. carry you so far. You know it, tr- and it's not like it's. Spoiler alert, it's not like my list is hard up for heavy metal this year. (laughs) Shock of shock. Wow, really? I never would have expected this. Yeah, so, yeah. Wraith is just, you know, kind of throwback thrash metal with a little bit of a punky black metallic-ish vibe from, uh, oh God, Indiana. No wonder they're so angry. (laughs) Good reason to be angry. So yeah, and the song I chose for you is called At the Stake. Let's listen. wasn't that fun it was great we listened to it in real time just as we always do got to preserve that illusion right yeah (laughs) so um moving on hey guess what i like metal too it turns out metal metal's a pretty good uh genre right and i think that like 
I, if you know me and my style, you know that like I, I like metalcore and like melodic metalcore things like Vane and Jesus Peace last year mm-hmm. are the kind yeah. of things that like really bite into me. And I think that you can probably trace that DNA to a lot of the stuff that I was into in the late 90s, a lot of the non-rappy new metal. I think that that's there's a lot of adjacency there. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can sense in a lot of bands that are coming up uh, now that I'm pretty sure, you know, got those roots in the 90s from, from, from a lot of those same bands. Um, so my number nine comes from a Ukrainian uh, heavy metal outfit known as Ginger, who I think I, I, a lot of people probably saw me posting a lot about on Twitter this year just because I really like them a lot. Yeah. Uh, they released a new album called Macro, and that makes the list. It's really just solid top to bottom. Hey, this this album's really good and crunchy and loud and has the most annoying snare of the year. I was, I was about to say, hold on. That's me hitting a beer can up against my uh, microphone there. Uh, do you think my girlfriend will get mad at me if I admit I actually haven't listened to this album? What? Oh, come on. This is like she this didn't... was this is like a shoe-in that I thought you would have already listened to by now. No, I, I, I liked that, what is it, Lonely at the Top. I thought that was a cool song, but eh, I never got around to it, and my Spotify playlist was already swollen and immense. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I'm just like, okay, there's only so much. I, there's only so much I can stand if it doesn't immediately hook me. Oh, like you know what? I think that's fair because this album actually took me two or three listens to kind of fully tune into, and it's largely because of that goddamn snare. I also hate their guitar tone. Oh, you do? <laughs> I, I think it's all right. I think it's all right. It's a little flat on this album, actually. Um, it's just the. The bass and the guitar, because they tune so low, yeah. are just completely eating each other in this album. Yeah, and so. you could actually do some studio work to make that not happen. Like, they could still have that tone, and you can still play with those sounds. And and, I, and that's why this album isn't higher uh, in my list, yeah. is because I think the production... Like, this one needed maybe another month or two in stu- just to kind of work a little studio magic to make the snare not be bad and to help out the guitar tone, but... Just in terms of like the raw songwriting and the overall flow of the album, like uh, no metalcore album did it for me this year, like uh, Ginger's Macro. So, like, hey, like you know, so, so so like there there are a few others that are honorable mentions that like I, I'm gonna be waiting just to see if they make your list. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, uh, Ginger Macro is my number nine. And the uh, song that I chose is Pausing Death because I like it. So there you go. Ginger Macro, Pausing Death.
The album Patience by a band called Mannequin Pussy. <laughs> I'm already interested. Okay, so imagine if Corin Tucker started singing for Dinosaur Jr. That's Mannequin Pussy. Okay, I'm interested. This is like <laughs> two things already. It's like, okay, you're gonna have to send me these afterward. <laughs> yeah, so this is a this is another one. Yeah, they're guitar oriented, three piece, punky ish, noisy ish, indie rock thing. That pretty much sounds exactly as I just described. Lots of fuzzed out guitars and aggressive female vocals. And again, at 10 songs and 25 minutes long, you may be detecting a pattern in my list this year. <laughs> wow, like, yeah, I'm like noticing that, like, the albums are very short this year. Yeah, you know, I was watching a thing on Vice about the Spotify effect. Mm-hmm. And the way they describe it is that um, you only get paid on Spotify if you stream for longer than 30 seconds. Uh. And what this has done is that it encourages shorter songs and albums with more tracks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very you could definitely see that trend in a lot of uh, in, in a lot of hip hop releases. 
Yeah, so, I'm like, so what you're telling me is that grindcore is the Spotify genre. Yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> I would, and uh, that that's foreshadowing. Uh oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, mannequin pussy is no. I mean, there's a little bit of like Kurt Cobainy type screaming, like when, if you remember how Kurt's voice used to. A breakup and rasp when he's you really a, went for it. Man, I loved it. Like they, yeah, I but, absolutely love that vocal style. Yes, that's as harsh as the vocals here ever get because this is not heavy metal, but it's really, really good at what it does. And oh, uh, they're from Philadelphia. Cool. And the the song I've chosen off of Patience is a song called Cream. And yeah, I don't know, just cause <laughs> it, I got the. Uh, I like the I like the guitar work on all of it, but this was the one that uh, I guess when I was listening to it, this is the song I noticed the most. Right. So that's the one I picked. There you go. That's that's how a lot of these are gonna go from now on. I think. It, you know, occasionally, you know, like on his spun, there's one specific song that just comes out and punches you right in the teeth. Hello, Twin Fawn. Oh, totally. Or like <laughs> for. For a more classic example, think of how Sgt. Pepper's is a really good album, but A Day in the Life is ten times better than any other song right, on the album. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there. I don't know if I could say that there's a song like that even on this entire list, but we'll find out. We will. So this is Cream by Mannequin Pussy from Patience. <laughs> I love the band is named Mannequin Pussy, and the title of the track you chose is Cream. Yep. <laughs> hey, I could have picked I could have picked Drunk One or Drunk Two, <laughs> but I, I think Cream. Just having that there with the words Mannequin Pussy just make it even better. 
Let's make it even we better. YouTube, if we were on YouTube, this would be getting demonetized. <laughs> well, I mean, for, for, for a lot of reasons, actually, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, moving on to number eight is a bit of a posthumous album uh, for me. It is from the Cranberries. It is In the End. Um, Dolores Reardon, she passed away at the beginning of 2018, and the band kind of spent the rest of that year and a bit into last year kind of finishing up the album because she'd already finished tracking vocals uh, to their studio demos. Um, and then for backing vocals, they had their concert uh, backing vocalist come in and kind of uh, tidy things up, but but for, for the most part, everything here is the final recordings and writings of uh, Miss Dolores O'Riordan, and it's unmistakably a Cranberries album. It's got that somber kind of jangly tone to it. Uh, it carries on doing exactly um, what they do as a band. You know, like you hear one song and you're not going to mistake it for somebody else. It's very, oh, yeah. it's their very signature style. And it's got this extra labor layer of just morbid melancholy kind of draped over what are already kind of just, um, uh, you, you, you don't want to speculate because I, I don't believe that her death was ever ruled a suicide or anything. Uh, but it's a very melancholy album that uh, comes from. Uh, so, so the lyrics have a lot of, uh, 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 you know, just sadness and desperation in them. So, and, and you don't want to make that call, obviously. But you know, when something like that releases after the fact, you know, it, it kind of lay, it, it kind of hangs over it and colors everything in a way. There, um, there, there's two versions of In Utero. The inversion. The version that was released and the version after Kurt Cobain killed himself. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Like, the, and that's definitely how I, I look at this album as well. But, I, but I, but I don't think that that, like, th that layer of melancholy kind of overtakes the album to a point to where it's like, oh, well, these songs are only good because of that. It's absolutely not at all. Like, it's a beautiful and haunting album in and of itself. It just kind of has that bit of color afterward like it's the same way of looking at black star from david bowie um, yeah <laughs> you know it, it's a very similar thing but it's a very fitting uh conclusion to both like her legacy as just a fantastic collection of songs and the band's legacy as of having endured for as long as they did and, and it's just a really good album that they went out on um and the song that I chose is Catch Me If You Can, again, just because it's one of my favorites and I like it a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, that's my number eight, The Cranberries, in the end, Catch Me If You Can.
So what you got to follow that up with, uh, Taylor? Got a number eight? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy, do I have a number eight for you. Okay. So uh, let's take a hard right turn into the realm of outsider art. <laughs> oh, I like outsider art. So uh, my number eight is Life Metal by Sun. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like where me and Taylor diverge a little bit. Taste I, was say, I was about to say, let's. Hey, Polly, are you ready for an album you won't want to listen to after <laughs> I'm done talking about it? All right, let's hear it. Break this album down for me, please. So, Sun is a Seattle-based duo uh, who have been making music for half of forever at this point. They make drone metal, yeah. if you want to give it a genre. <laughs> they tune their guitars super low. They play with, like, 20 amp stacks apiece. And they let notes ring out for, like, 30-plus <laughs> seconds at a time. <laughs> and contrary to popular belief, they are actually writing every note of this. <laughs> I know because I have caught a set list and seen the scores they have. Oh, nice. No, they actually have the chord progressions written on their set list. Oh, wow, that's... And in fact, they actually don't want their text tossing those out, so when you actually get one, if you post it online, you'll get a message from Stephen O'Malley saying, yeah, can you please take that down? You weren't supposed to get that part. Oh, wow, that's actually... Wow, that I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, no, so... Yeah, this is... It's definitely not something for everyone, and this is their latest album that was uh, recorded by Mr. Steve Albini out in Electrical Audio in Chicago. See, I listened to this album once just for that reason, though. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh... You know, I I don't have the right adapters to take a rip off the vinyl copy I have, so I don't know if there's, like, a substantive difference between the digital version <laughs> and the vinyl version just because of the nature of this music. Yeah. But this is kind of a... This was, in one sense, a sort of back-to-basics approach for Sun because there's not as much layered instrumentation as there was on their last real studio album. They've had a few albums since that weren't very good, and they were really short. Mm. <laughs> and it's their first one in a while without vocalist Attila Chihar. Oh. Yeah, that's right, Internet. I know how to pronounce that. Wow. <laughs> impressing everyone everyone is impressed it's that, that fucking fallout picture everybody like that yeah so this one it op uh the track i chose is the opening track between Sleipnir's breaths because at well i mean it's not the shortest song on the album but at 12 minutes long it's not the longest either and this one has uh vocals in it and i think it's the only one on the album that does <laughs> So yeah, you're you might be you might not like what you're about to hear, folks, but I do. <laughs> and that's all that matters.
By the way, if you ever get a chance to see this band live, even if you don't like them, just do it. Yeah, I think I would. You will never have an experience like going to a song concert. Like, it's definitely music where, like, in a live venue, like, it's something that I would definitely stay for. You, you should have seen the security guards behind the barrier were staring at the crowd absolutely dumbfounded <laughs> for this band. <laughs> That's there, so it, good! It, was, it, it kind of went viral on Instagram. Oh, the shit! security guard I was thinking of because I was... I was right up against the barrier for this at Psycho Las Vegas. Uh, okay. That was, was 2017? I know the picture you're talking about. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. This, this big, burly black <laughs> yeah. security guard staring at the crowd like, the fuck is wrong what with these is... white people? Exactly. <laughs> as the crowd, as he's staring at the most sedate, not moving crowd he's ever seen. <laughs> it's like the easiest security job he's ever had, and he's not sure if he should be scared or not. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, you know, the look of someone who can't believe that people are listening to this on purpose. Yeah. Anyway, Molly, do you have a number seven for I us? I do have a number seven. And my number seven is probably going to disappoint uh, the person who I actually discovered this from, because I'm, pre I'm pretty sure he expected it to land a lot higher, and it's not that I don't like it, it's just, boy, my list is real stacked this year, and basically so, so, I... So is this Rhett and there was a radio al Radiohead album I wasn't familiar with this year? <laughs> well, it is Rhett, because I did discover uh, this band from Rhett. Uh, they're called Bent Knee, and they're out of Boston, Massachusetts, and... Oh. I'd not heard of them until Rhett brought them up, and turns out that they've, like, toured with, like, all of these bands that I already like, like the Dillinger Escape Plan, Haken, uh, Thank You Scientist, so, <laughs> like, oh, well, okay, of course, it makes sense that I would like a band that has toured with a lot of my favorite artists already, um, and the album, it's the album they released this year called You Know What They Mean, and, um, this is just, like, what you get, it's, like, it, if I could describe what I thought the new Slater Kenny album was gonna be, this is the album I thought that would have been, and uh, not the thing that we got from them. <laughs> that, so I guess it's safe to say that neither of us have that on our list. Then <laughs> I man, like listen to Mannequin Pussy instead. <laughs> yeah, or or listen to Bentney. You know what they mean. Or this. Yeah, um, I'm not familiar with this, but I may have to check it out. Yeah, after. I absolutely think you should. This is like spirited and inspired like industrial prog pop noise <laughs> and it just delivers start to finish and it never fucking repeats itself it's just there's great performances all over this album the production is really great the songwriting is top notch front to back mm. um it's an album that just completely caught me off guard when Rhett introduced me to it it was just like how have I never heard this band before? They're so good. And now I'm going to be checking out the rest of their discography um, pretty soon, probably over the rest of the year. It's kind of like, like when I discovered Ice Nine Kills last year, and then I spent yeah. I spent last year sort of going over the rest of their discography. And it was like, oh, wait, yeah, they're pretty awesome. And it's the same with my number seven, which is Bentney. You know what they mean. And the song I chose is Catch Light. So here you go. Enjoy.
your number seven, Miss Taylor? So, my number seven. Uh, you remember when I referenced how Gate Creeper didn't exactly make it onto this list? Mm-hmm. Well, the guitar player from Gate Creeper also mans a uh, one-man project, also based out of Phoenix, Arizona, called Spirit Adrift. Oh, I know Spirit Adrift! I like yeah, this album! I, I think this is an album I sent you, so yes. this is Divided by Darkness by yes. Spirit Adrift. I like so this album. Spirit Ad- so this album is a sort of a throw... I call it throwback metal. Yeah. Where, you know, a big trend in metal these days is a bunch of bands who are like, hey, maybe we've been too extreme for too long. What if it was the 70s again? Yeah. So, yeah, this one, you know, you can tell it's Black Sabbath core and it's very hard. Oh, but it God, is, yeah. But it is immaculately well-performed Sabbath core. Yeah. And we're just going to hook you the same way the album did with the opening track, We Will Not Die. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> just that's it that's all we need for that <laughs> sabbath core what else can i say <laughs> i think if i oh uh there, there's no harsh singing on this so if uh if harsh singing is a big uh stumbling block for a lot of you then yeah this is some you know this is very doom. easy to digest album it's so good
It is kind of interesting for me now that I'm thinking about it and realizing that other than maybe Wraith, there's not a there's for the first time I think not a single black metal album on my list. Holy shit! Black metal this year was fucking lame. That's kind of what I heard from a couple other people I know into the genre. Would, is that just not a like, lot of good. Like even even legendary black metal bands like Death Spell of like Death Spell Omega. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't mind, not that I hated the furnaces of Palinganesia, but it's, you know, it wasn't as good as these 10 albums we're talking about. And also, it sounds like a lot of shit that Death Smell of Mecca's already done. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of hard to get away from that in black metal, I think. It, it, yeah. It, it's kind of a genre that's a little hard to innovate in at this point, unless you're really, really trying. And there's, there's a couple other albums I know that tried a lot of weird stuff. But I, I, I won't mention them because I don't know if they're on your list or not. So, <laughs> I would say that, I mean, in Death Spell Omega's case, I would say that maybe going a little simpler would have been better because they're this really mind-bending, like, math rock black metal band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, like, in terms of technical wizardry, there are a couple of bands that I think are really nailing it right now and a whole swath of people who are just playing every note imaginable every second for like 65 goddamn minutes. Mm. And, and that's like that's that just stops being interesting. It's like, like yeah, you can you can play this, but do you know why you're playing it? Yeah, like or do you are actually you just masturbating? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and that's that's like a big reason as to why it just like I kind of fell off on things like Dream Theater uh and the more showy prog rock that I used to listen to because it's just like I don't think you really feel anything from this. Like the, all you get out of this is that yeah, you played thirty-two notes real quick and yeah. But, but yeah, anyway. But anyway. <laughs> uh, how about we move on to uh, my number six, which yeah. hey turns out kind of proggy. Uh, my number six is the new Baroness record, Golden Gray. Oh hey, this is a big snub for me because Ooh. it's a. It's too long. Oh no! And I don't and I don't super like the way it's produced. Yeah, this album does not quite reach the highs of Purple, and and the fuzzed out production is probably a bit much even by this band's standards. Like it almost the first time I listened to the album, I thought, "Is this a fucking parody?" It sounds like a it it sounds like a low budget version of their last double album, Yellow and Green, Yellow which and I also Green, didn't yeah. like very much. Honest to God. When I hear the phrase double album these days, I almost don't want to even try to listen to it. Yeah, like uh, when, when it comes to album length, there's probably a surprising snub coming up from me that's probably going to surprise people. But yeah, uh, I didn't think this album was too long. This album comes in at about 50 minutes, I think. Um, but uh, I, mean, I, I mean, clipping's not on my list. Mm, oh, wow. I, as much as I love clipping, clipping was on my 2015 album of the year cast i list i believe yeah but yeah again eh too long wow that's hmm interesting that's that's interesting to note going forward but i feel that even though this album's kind of marred with some weird technical issues um and 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 um i still think baroness manages to show like tremendous songwriting capability and just complete command of melody in a way in heavy fuzzed out music that i don't really get anywhere else oh no they're they're definitely 
I love Baroness, and there's a lot of really good songs on this album. Unfortunately, I wish that all of the really good songs had just been one album without all of the other songs I think don't need to be there. Do, 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 do you think that that's a consequence of there being a lot of transition tracks on this album? Because I know this album has a lot of them, and um, I'm wondering if maybe we took out all of the transition tracks, if maybe this album would play better for you. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I guess I could try that. Didn't work with Fear Inoculum. Nope! There's a complete, uh, there's another, uh, snub we'll let you have for free. Boy, a new Tool album uh, sucks farts! You, you fucking, how fucking long did you spend making that shit? It sounds like you recorded it in a fucking weekend. <laughs> like, you they literally, fucking stoners. If they literally sat down, they listened to every track, every album they'd released up until that point, and were like, okay, we know how to make a Tool album, and just farted out the instrumentals in a weekend, sent it off to Maynard, he spent three years masturbating over it. Um, yeah, Tool songs, but longer and more boring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, here, here's a version of everything we've done already, but way worse. Like, I'm pretty, I know I've bitched about this before, but I'm, but, like, there's a riff in Fear Inoculum that is just the grudge yep. in a different time signature. yep. yep. <laughs> As soon as you mentioned it, I knew which one it was, too. Seven oh. Empest is pretty good, though. I do like Seven Empest. I'll give them that. God damn it. Anyway, Baroness, Golden Grey, is my number six. And the song I chose is Tourniquet. Again, because it's my favorite. <laughs>
Alright Taylor, what have you got to close us out for day one of Album of the Year at number six? What you got? Alright, so for those of you who don't follow me and Polly on Twitter, last year I blew Polly's mind right out the back of her head because my number six is We Are Not Your Kind by Slipknot. What? What? I didn't even, ex like, okay, you liking this album is one I thing. I love this album. <laughs> but for this album to actually be on your list again, like, they're, I have to go pick my brain up again. <laughs> I didn't expect this album to make it to your end of the year list. Fantastic. What can I say? It's really fucking good. <laughs> it's real It's real good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's slip. So I, I've been noted down in the past as not the biggest Slipknot fan because I wasn't the biggest new metal person in the 90s and 90s. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now that I've matured and become more open-minded and hilariously more close-minded in certain ways. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this album just, it kind of sounds like uh, Slipknot making their version of like the wall their big long uh you know concept heavy uh magnum opus record yeah yeah and like now the longest the longest album on your list so far uh is it the longest overall it's the don't longest actually so know far. that for sure <laughs> it's the longest so far because everything else has been 28 to 30 minutes yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think Sun is about 50 minutes. Okay, this is probably comparable because I think this one's about 50, but yeah. And I actually don't know how long is Spirit Adrift. 41. All right. So Okay. So Yeah. So it's not Yeah, so it's not all punk rock length so far. <laughs> but yet yeah, no Slipknot just made a big exploded uh Slipknot album with a big budget and the songs and the album's all about how much depression sucks. Yeah, and um, and bonus points if you've gone through a divorce because a lot of the the, the, the topics on that album uh, cover post divorce, uh, depression and anger, um, and it's very real. Uh, yeah, it, it it's some of Corey Taylor's I think most believable performances uh, uh, captured uh, on this album. I think he did a really good job. Yeah. Now, that being said, I do think that there is a song or two on this album that probably doesn't need to be here, but on the whole, there's just some straight-up bangers on this one. Absolutely. I'm curious on uh, what you chose, because, man, there's so many, like, man, there's so many good tracks that you could pick. So this is the one where I'm kind of hedging my bets, because mm -hmm. uh, I kind of anticipate this being on your list eventually. Mm. Uh, I picked Orphan, my... Other song choice would have been Nero Forte. Damn, those are good tracks. Yeah. So, yeah, these are just, you know, Corey Taylor really spitting out some bile-filled anger and sadness like you haven't heard since 1990-whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and, and, like, the, just the instrumentation... Also, the, the, the guitar, the guitar work on this album is also really good. Oh god, it, the drumming absolutely disgustingly good. Yeah, and there's so much of it. Jesus Christ, <laughs> how many drummers does this band have? <laughs> they have three drummers, and you can actually hear all three of them this time. This 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 recording engineer is this recording engineer was thinking maybe I should start charging by the minutes. Man, like this is an album I would have loved to produce. Because it just, man, it's got a sound. It's so fucking expensive. Yeah, no, it's 
it's on the verge of over-polished, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. But it stops just short. It's yeah. enough that you know that this is a mainstream established band. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's a really good mainstream established band album, and that's why you're about to listen to Orphan.
So that, not a bad way to round out our first day of, of, of albums here. Taylor, would you mind giving us a rundown of your 10 to 6 one more time before we depart for the day? My 10 to 6 was Absolute Power by Wraith, Patience by Mannequin Pussy, Life Metal by Sun, Divided by Darkness by Spirit Adrift, and We Are Not Your Kind by Slipknot. And my number 10 is Brockhampton's Ginger. Number 9 is Ginger with, <laughs> with Macro, which I didn't even notice that weird thing happening <laughs> there until I read them back to back. Uh, Ginger, the band is spelled J-I-N-J-E-R. Uh, my number 8 is The Cranberries in the end. My number 7 is Bentney, You Know What They Mean. And my number 6 is Baroness Gold and Gray. So tune in. Same time tomorrow, and we'll have another hot 10 whole albums for you to check out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we'll catch you uh, uh, tomorrow, so listen to more Death Grips. <laughs> <laughs>